Team Danuke is officially back. Welcome, ladies and gents, to the AEW Full Gear 2022 predictions here on my channel. Guys, I'm so excited because right next to me is my buddy, my buddy, Luke Owen, a DAD. Luke, thank you so much for uh, seriously coming here to the channel to do this video. Uh, people were very excited when I made the announcement. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you very much. I did notice during your, well, I, and I have noticed during your little 30 second countdown thing, I'm not in it. I'm not in your little 30 second countdown. I didn't make it. Actually, Will <laughs> made it. He made it for me and he just grabbed footage from like my uh, page and he and he put it up there. And I was like, thank you so much. Bam, go. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll take it up with Will then because I think it's, it's, it's ludicrous that I'm not in this 30 second countdown. I actually I was going to uh, text you the other day, actually. Uh, because I, I wasn't going to bring this up because I know it's not your entire personality. It's not your entire gimmick. Uh, but I thought you might like to know. I listened to my first ever Taylor Swift album recently. Which one did you listen to? The new one, Midnight. Oh, my God. For the first time ever, Luke. For the first time ever, I listened to a Taylor Swift album in full, no less. Because, uh, yeah, you remember your Shake It Off video? <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's because my wife bought it on vinyl. So we listened to it wife. with the kid. And it was, it's very pleasant. What was your favorite song? Oh, I don't make me name the songs. I, I don't or know what they were called. Okay, that's fine. But did you, what did you think of the album, though? It was very nice. It was very nice. It was very pleasant. Uh, I think it's a nice <laughs> little chilled out album for us to listen to before we put the kid to bed, which is like, because all the other stuff I put on is like Rob Zombie and Royal Blood, and it's a bit much before the kid needs to go get some sleep. So this okay. is a much nicer way. Well, I just want to let you know that your Taylor Swift addiction is clearly about to begin because all <laughs> it takes is one album. And I'm pretty sure one day you're going to be like chilling. You know what? I want to listen to some relaxing music. And you're gonna just start playing Taylor Swift and go from there. I mean, uh, yeah. So thank before you, you know I'm it, so happy. Before you know it, I'm dropping 750 quid trying to buy tickets from Ticketmaster. Quid? I wonder what that would be in U.S. dollars. Oh, with our with our currency at the moment, it'd be about 750 dollars, I think. Oh, okay, no, I spent way more than that on Taylor Swift tickets. <laughs> really? I'm in the four digits, bro. Whoa! I'm Denise, in the four digits. I, I spent the next pays two well. paychecks. Yeah. That's no, nuts. no. I spent like my next two paychecks across the board, <laughs> which is why I'm here hustling. But everyone, uh, thank you so much for joining here on the podcast. As you heard, I owe Capital One in the four digits. So do send in super chats at any point throughout this stream because it helps support this podcast. Uh, clearly, I got some debt I got to pay off. Absolutely. I took a whole credit card out for this, by the way. My Capital One credit card. Uh, I took be out doing a whole like, credit card for it. You could do DraftKings during <laughs> a full gear. <laughs> trying to like, recoup some of your losses. I'm going to start like gambling and stuff. And <laughs> I'm going to be coming up with all sorts of ways to pay back Capital One. But we'll get there. Um, but seriously, guys, uh, we're going to be talking about AW Full Gear in just a hot minute. Uh, please do send in Super Chats if you guys want. Your questions, your comments, your statements, your hot takes, uh, whatever they are. They really do help support this channel a whole lot so let's get right into it um luke i'm gonna start off by asking you uh how are you feeling you know we're just a couple days out from uh full gear this weekend uh what would you say is your excitement level and just overall the anticipation in terms of the build-up to the pay-per-view I think my excitement level, because it's high, because I actually am really looking forward to Full Gear. I think it's going to be a really, really good show. But I think my excitement for the show is down to the names that are on the card. 
and like you know it's i'm excited to see soraya versus baker i'm excited to see the triple threat for the tnt title i'm excited to see moxley mjf i don't think it's been down to the build on tv that's got me hyped up it's just the idea of those matches has got me excited to to watch the pay-per-view this week because tv's been it's been okay it's been fine i just don't think it's been like as hot like aw doesn't feel like a hot product right now when it has done in the past Right. I, I do agree with you in some perspectives of that. And, you know, that's been like kind of the recent criticisms because, you know, what was like two weeks ago when we had that super wild show that like nobody liked. I did think that last night's go home show uh, for Dynamite, I thought was fantastic. How did you feel about Dynamite? I, I enjoyed the show. Like we just reviewed it over on the, the rest of podcast channel. And uh, I thought like some elements of it were really, really good. Like the, the trios match uh, was great. Uh, you know, Death Triangle always awesome. AR Fox was superb. I really loved the angle they did for the TNT title with um, uh, Wardlow and Samoa Joe and things like that. I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, I mean, I'm still, I'm a bit confuddled, a bit confused by the Baker Soraya thing. Like Baker's promo was like an incredible promo. But I now don't know if she's the heel anymore. Like I, really I don't feel think like she we're, is. No. I think we're going to be doing like an Austin Brett double turn at the pay per view. I almost feel like they have to, but we'll talk more about that once we actually get into this match. So let's kick it off because we got a whole ton of card. You know, Tony packs it up here. Uh, so <laughs> let's kick it off with Sting and Darby taking on Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. So clearly, my question that I want to start off with this one before we get to your actual prediction is. With Jeff Jarrett coming into AEW, were you those people that were like, what the fuck is this shit? Or were you like, you know what? Let me see what happens here. I, I'm slightly in the middle, I think. I'm a, I'm a TNA fanboy, so like Jeff Jarrett comes and he's got the My World theme. I was like, yeah, Jarrett's here. Like, he ain't dead. He is Jeff. I was well in for it. Um, and he's facing off against Sting. It's him and Lethal and this and the other. Like, and he's teaming up with Sanjay Dunn. I'm like, it's like a little TNA collective. This is awesome. Uh, but I also think he's, He's a backstage role guy. So I think this feels to me like a one and done thing. Like maybe he'll have a match at All Out next year or something along those lines. Maybe they'll bring him out for like if they do any shows in Nashville or, you know, around that sort of area. I don't think we're going to be seeing Jared on TV every week. Uh, I mean, I'm maybe I'll be proved wrong, but I don't feel like Jarrett is going to be like a top guy. So I, I wasn't mad at, that Jarrett showed up. If anything, I was like, that's quite funny that Jeff Jarrett is here. Right. I actually felt in the minority, too, because I put out there like I'm a Jeff Jarrett fan and people were like, what the frick? What's wrong with you? You know, and I'm like, what? I like Jeff Jarrett. Right. And I was definitely in the minority when it came to how people reacted to him coming into AEW. And I, you know, even though he obviously has a backstage role, I do think we'll be seeing a, a little of him, you know, uh, for the most part every week. I'm not expecting him to be like a major focus, especially with the way that the AEW crowd reacted. You know, clearly, I'm sure, you know, Tony Khan is all over the internet seeing that type of stuff and seeing the fans reactions and whatnot um with that being said um my pick for this match i think it's sting and darby i feel like you know they're back together again let's have them pick up this w uh where are you at in terms of who you think is uh getting the win here tonight i mean on sting, full gear sting don't lose on pay-per-view like this is <laughs> sting don't lose man that's that's his aew gimmick he is undefeated and i think he'll remain undefeated here and that's why i think it's a one a one and done deal like it's just jaron is lethal and i think this might be the end of the feud maybe they'll do another derby lethal match honestly i was so surprised i thought this was going to be a, a trios match i thought it was going to be jay lethal jeff jarrett and satnam singh versus sting darby allen and paul white 
Like I, I was like, that's that's the My match, wife's right? Too busy making vi- music videos. <laughs> He's gonna be Captain Insano. But I was like, that's the match, right? Because then you have the showdown between the Big Show and Satnam Singh. That'll be great. Uh, but no, instead we've got a uh, just a straight tag match. I'm fine with that. Right, exactly. All right, so it looks like we're both in agreement that it's going to be Sting and Darby. We got a super chat here from Edward Perez. Thank you so much to Edward for sending the first one in. Uh, He says Soraya versus Dr. Britt Baker will be match of the night. Hmm. I feel like this will be an interesting match in terms of the outcome and in in terms of like what plays down, especially if we're expecting this double turn. But I don't know if it's going to be match of the night because there's just too many other matches that – uh, I know are just going to deliver to another extent. And so I don't think it'll be match of the night, but I think it will be very much talked about. I think it'll be one of the most talked about of the night. 100%. Although I think, I mean, if, if I was a betting man, I'd say the elite death triangle will probably end up being match of the night because it's it's Kenny Omega, it's Pac, it's Ray Phoenix, it's Penta, and it's the Young Bucks. Like it's probably going to be match of the night. But I think you're right in that I think Soraya Baker might be the most talked about match, depending what happens in the main events. Exactly. We got Crew Kid 52 who sends in a super chat saying, Hey guys, nice to see Team Danuk back together. I'm actually going to the pay per view this weekend. And while the build's been meh, I'm actually really excited to go. MJF is my fave, and I'd love to see him win. I will see you there, Crew Kid 52, because I will be at full gear this weekend as well. Um, so I'll see you there. In terms of like the build for this pay per view, I do kind of feel along the same lines as you, uh, Luke, and as well as Crew Kid 52, where it's like you're excited about the prospect because on paper, it looks really good but the build for the most part was like okay for some of like some feuds obviously a little bit better than others right yeah i think so like i I think the tv has been okay i don't think it's been the strongest build they've done for a pay-per-view like if i was a i i think this might be a sub 100,000 buy pay-per-view which they, they aw haven't had since the pandemic uh but i think this might be the one i think no punk there and i think the uh, the, the the uninspired build is probably the way I was like, it's not been bad. I just think it's been uninspiring. Um, but yeah, I'm also uh, hopeful that MJF uh, will also win. You, you're going to the pay-per-view this weekend. Are you going to come to the London show? I don't know because flights from LA to London are an arm and a leg and currently I'm on a budget. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good point actually. Yeah, like if it's not like Taylor Swift over in the UK. Like, it's just I already like, gave an arm and a leg to Taylor Swift. If I give an arm and a leg to AEW, I'm done. <laughs> but no, I don't really feel the need right now to go to any uh, like overseas shows because AEW is going to be doing like a whole West Coast thing here. Oh, and I'm right. like, I'm just going to wait for you guys to come to me unless I absolutely need to go. So right now the four a year is good enough for me because, you know, I got to I got to pay for that stuff. You know, I fly myself out there. Uh, I pay for my hotel. So it's like really the money that I make back on YouTube on those videos is whether or not I break even, you know, or if I got to keep owing Capital One <laughs> Well, what you've got to do to me is you've got to like start a relationship with Colt Cabana or something so then you can be the focus point of a media scrum. Like that's that's the next tactic for Denise Salcedo. It's become the right. focal point of a media scrum. That is what's going to pay your bills. I'm going to start making some crazy decisions. We got a super chat <laughs> here from Sheldon Jackson saying, Team Danuk reunited and it feels so good. My question is, do you think they'll do the semifinal and final of the world title eliminator at full gear? And if so, how do they know? How do they do it in your opinion? Because we still have have to see um obviously because let me let me uh pull this actually i don't have the uh the uh, graphic here but we yeah. still need to see um what do you call it it's Ethan. lance archer and yes um uh thingy Brian Cage. on rampage yeah, yeah. Okay, Brian, Cage is, already, Brian Cage, Cage is already advanced 
Yes. Yeah. So, it, but it's we need to have whoever wins out of those two versus Brian Cage before the pay per view. Maybe they'll do it on the buy in. So it'll be like whoever wins out. Of, I imagine Ricky Starks, and then you'll do Starks versus Cage on the buy in because that's quite a fun little Team Taz thing uh, that you could probably play off. And then the winner of that will face Ethan Page, the the disadvantaged baby face going into facing Ethan Page. I think that would probably be the smartest. And you know, he's you know you know Tony's going to add some buy in matches. Eleven matches. That's not enough. We got to get like 13, 15 matches. Uh, that's what we normally do around here. Uh, we got a super chat here from Zachary Marsh who says, "I miss you too. Looking forward to the trios match." Uh, thank you so much, Zachary. I missed you too, Luke. I was so happy I've when you, you said yes. I was afraid oh, you dude, were going to reject so... me. Well, no, I mean, because I've been we've been wanting to do a show together. I've been wanting to do a show on your channel for so long, but like I've been so Is mad. This our busy. first? No, it's this not. Is our first show. Oh, well, apart from doing the, um, it's a show promo like wars. this. I, yeah. I've done promo wars, but aside <gasps> from that, this is the first time I've been on your channel. And I didn't say anything in the introduction? No. <laughs> oh my God. We just popped our cherry here, Luke and Denise, for the first time here on my YouTube channel live. I but can't it believe was... it. I know, but it felt like home because you were here like 30 seconds before we were about to go live. And I've been sat here for 15 minutes waiting. No, you got here 15 minutes before I did. Yeah, well, I wanted to be here. I thought you might want to have a chat, like go through some things. We can get prepped and everything. And I sat and I was like, am I on the right link? Am I in the right place? And he shows up 30 seconds before we go live. Being like, hey, Luke, Taylor Swift tickets. Anyway, do you want to go live? I was like, okay, away we go. Oh my God. And I was planning on coming here early to have a little <laughs> bit of chat before, but I just got caught up. And the next thing you know, I'm like, oh my God, it's 929 and I haven't even <laughs> logged on yet. <laughs> we got a super chat here from Greg Bursch who says, enjoy T Swift. I don't like the way they have built the Baker and Soraya feud. Uh, that one I know has also torn people apart and we'll talk about it once we get there. Uh, but thank you so much to Greg Bursch for sending this in and for the very nice enjoy T Swift. I appreciate that so much. Um, okay. So let's get into the next match here uh the next one that we got is the steel cage match between jungle boy and luchasaurus um clearly uh this one has been going on for quite a while uh are you over and done with this feud do you just want to see it culminate are you still interested what's your level of interest like i thought i was done with this feud and then jungle boy did the crossbody onto luchasaurus off the stage through some tables and i was like oh cool i'm right back in and i thought the video promo they had on dynamite this week was was very good so i think again this is one of those where the build's not being great but i think the match will be awesome i think AEW's got a great track record with cage matches and i think that these two are gonna go out there and try and prove a point they're going to try and make a statement with this match i hope it's given some time because i think this could be an awesome awesome match i'm really looking forward to it and who's your pick to win i think it's got to be jungle boy right i think it's got to be well sorry jack perry i think it's gonna be uh like <laughs> i think he's listed as jungle boy yeah well because he's now jungle boy jack perry so i think it's gonna be uh i think jack picks up the win here i don't think luchasaurus loses anything off off of this in a cage match and i think jungle boy needs the win more than luchasaurus does and then when christian's back and healthy we can kind of cap off this feud like maybe this was a way to write christian and luchasaurus off tv for a little bit uh, but i think jb gets the win 
I completely agree with you too. I just think there's more upside here for Jungle Boy to actually get the win. And I feel like if Luchasaurus were to win here, I just feel like this would be extended so much more where it really doesn't need to be extended that much. I'm ready to see Jungle Boy move on to something else. And as for Luchasaurus, you know, I don't really know what would be next for him, but I feel like uh, right now, I feel like the focus should be getting Jungle Boy back some of that momentum that he had, you know, a while back. Uh, So personally, I think it definitely has to be Jungle Boy. Uh, We got a super chat here from Taylor Cannon. Thank you so much to Taylor who says, glad to see you guys again. Looking forward to Baker versus Soraya. And I'm interested whether Regal joins MJF. So it's interesting here, Luke, if you've noticed already, I would say the majority of the super chats that we've got in here have been about Britt Baker and Soraya, which is kind of crazy if you think about it, because uh, it's a little interesting to see that most of them have been about that. I agree with you, actually. Yeah, I was surprised that it's been like almost every Super Chat we've had in has been about like Baker and Soraya. And I think that's down to and it's up that it's not about Soraya's first match back. Like, you know, when like when Danielson returned to the ring, it was all that excitement about it's Danielson's first match back when Edge came back at the Rumble. It's like, oh my God, Edge is in the Rumble. This is more about the build and the lack of clarity on the build and maybe lack of excitement around the build, I think, for the match. I think that's what... And I I wonder if that's kind of like compounded. Like it's no one seems to be excited for Soraya's in-ring debut. It's more a case of the build's not been great, and I'm in, interested to see what happens. So exactly. I, think, I, I think that's I think that's interesting. We got a super chat here from Furthausen who says could have done ROH title over a two week build. Should have given time for Jade and Nyla. I feel like you had to have all these guys. Like I can't imagine a pay per view without Chris Jericho in it. Uh, I feel like you had to go about it that way. I don't. I'm actually the ROH title match is one of the top five matches that I'm most looking forward to for the night because I do think it's going to be a really good one. Um, and Jade and Nyla, like that one's going to be interesting too because I feel like for the most part, uh, Jade's Jade's matches have pretty much been like pretty much a little bit similar right you know obviously they do change with opponent but Nyla feels like the first real story that we've had for Jade as TBS champion yeah I agree yeah I think it's gonna be a I I feel like it's been on TV it's been well it's certainly been on Rampage anyway even if it isn't just sort of like backstage segments or this and the other but I feel like it has had it's it's had the time that it deserves for a heel steals the title and the babyface wants it back like it doesn't need like weeks upon weeks of of storytelling for that Exactly. All right. Next match here. Let's get into it. This is the match everyone wants to talk about Britt Baker and Soraya. So, uh, like we mentioned, most of the super chats so far have brought this match up. So I'll start off by asking you, Luke, how do you feel about how things have gone for Soraya on AEW from the first moment where she debuted up until this point? Uh, and especially I do want to chime in on the, uh, the promo that she had with Britt Baker last week, which definitely had some people torn on how they felt about it. Uh, what has been your thoughts on all of this? So, yeah, I mean, like the debut was awesome. Undeniably, the debut was awesome. And I think then they were sort of dragging their heels on announcing that she was cleared to wrestle. And that's that's great because I think that's the story, right? It's like whether or not she is cleared to wrestle. But I don't think they told that story in the most effective way possible. Like she was effectively telling everyone that she was cleared, but Baker was saying that she wasn't. I think they could have really blurred those lines a little bit more so that we as an audience don't know whether or not it is going to be Soraya in the ring or she's just going to be like a general manager, like head of the women's division or, or what have you. And then... I think people have really started to sour on Soraya in some way because her promos have not been as good as Baker's. And Baker has just really shown how 
good of a promo she is and how much she connects with the AEW audience. And, you know, which is fair because she's been there since day one. Saray's only just walked through the door. She has come from a world where you are much more scripted on your promos. This is a much more free-flowing, just go out there and cut a promo as you please. And then last week's promo, I felt so bad for her. So, so bad because that's the promo where she got to tell everyone I get to wrestle again. So that promo means the world to her. And it didn't really quite land. Like it did at first when she first said, I'm cleared to wrestle. But then she got into this promo where she said to Baker, you're not a star and you've never actually accomplished anything. And you're talking to the, you know, the longest reigning, whatever it is, AEW women's champion, the person who's been the face of the women's division since day one. And so then tell that person, you're not a star. I'm actually a star because I came from WWE. Just, it really painted her as the bad guy. And then Baker's return promo on this week's show where she was like, I wrestled for AEW in Jacksonville, Florida at Daly's Place. Like that to me is the Tokyo Dome. Like that's as big as Sumo Hall. And that's as big as Madison Square Garden. And I fight for the AEW fans. I was fighting during the pandemic when fans needed people to turn to. And I'm like, holy shit, she's the baby face here. And then Paige's promo later on, sorry, Soraya's promo later on was like, oh no, I do like AEW. I love AEW. I wanted to come to AEW. I wanted to come here. And I was like, oh, this is working now. And I don't, so I don't know what the feud is anymore. Right, exactly. And here's the thing, like we had Soraya, you know, she comes out, she gets this really huge reaction because, you know, you care for, for, you know, you, I feel like you have to respect somebody that, you know, went through this massive injury, managed to come back later on. Like, this is really a miracle that she's even back, right? That she's even going to be able to have this match. And I think she said that she was cleared to have one match a month by her doctor. So that to me is like, holy shit, like you're coming out here on this really huge stage to have your first match back in five years. Like, that is nuts. Like, the amount of pressure that must be riding on Soraya, I, I can't even imagine. Like, I would not want to go through that. And she did an interview with Chris Van Vliet in which she spoke about how she's not not going to be going on social media following this match because she knows she's going to be under that microscope and be heavily scrutinized by the fans. Even if she goes out there and has a good match, what you and I might consider a good match, there's still going to be things that I think the fans are going to be like, nah, this was crap or whatever. You know, there's always going to be that group of people. So anyways, I feel the thing that really, really backfired on Soraya was that first live promo that she did that was such a hot mess that was really and I and I hate to say this because I feel like uh people should always get second chances especially in scenarios like this where again you mentioned that she was more used to that scripted style from WWE she mentioned that she was nervous she mentioned that she didn't actually ask people like John Moxley or Chris Jericho for any sort of you know direction heading into this and that to me I feel was the thing that made people go, you know what, I might not be as interested as I thought I was going to be in Soraya. And so after that, it was, you know, we went so long where the only thing you really remembered was that horrible segment. And then she finally started doing these backstage interviews with Renee and those worked out great for her because she was very relaxed and you can tell she just felt comfortable, right? And then we finally get this promo, the, the one from last week where it was Britt and Soraya and I loved it. I loved it so much. It was my favorite segment of the night. Uh, I just thought that Soraya coming out there and really just talking about being publicly humiliated and all of that, like that, that hit home. Like to me, like you can see the wave of emotion when she said that she was cleared. That was, you know, emotion that you can't fake. You can't buy that kind of stuff. But 
the thing that I think was the huge turnoff was you mentioned the part about the superstar and her kind of bearing Burt Baker on that side. But for me, it was actually her saying that AEW was her house because that did not make sense whatsoever. It was kind of like the thing where she said last time that Tony Storm was the best AEW women's champion. And I was like, ooh, that's debatable because she really just got the title. Uh, you know, she could be somewhere down the line, but not right now. So we kind of just felt like not knowing the product and you're part of the product now. So it felt a little bit of a disconnection there with Soraya. So that was the part that lost me, but I thought, you know what? There's so much other good stuff that took place in this segment that I'm not gonna take away from Soraya on that point. But then Britt Baker's promo last night, it was just so crystal clear that she is the baby face in this story now because she shouldn't be when you think about Soraya's story she should be the baby face in this situation but she's not um and it had to do with a lot of the material and what was said so I do think that Britt Baker is going to be the baby face in this which is going to be weird because I feel like you still have to cheer for Soraya because this is our first match back how do you not cheer the girl for coming back for after five years I think she might get booed though and I think the same thing's going to happen in the Tony Storm Jamie Hayden match I think the crowd are so into hater at the moment. I think Tony Storm might get booed. And I think Soraya may get booed in, in this match, which is nuts considering that you're right. This is her first match back in five years. The shit that she's had to go through is incredible. And the shit she gets online is nuts. And I've always felt really bad for her, but she has been sort of like a punchline for like online trolls and stuff for, for numbers of years. You kind of forget because she's not in the public eye as much as she once was that she used to get so much crap online. You know, like we we always used to have a little bit of fun with the page here and, and things like that, but she herself would have a bit of fun with that. Um, so this should be like a big triumphant moment. And it really feels like they're going for a Brett Austin WrestleMania double turn and... I, I mean, like I said on when we did the prediction show on the Wrestle podcast, I think Baker's going to win this match because I think Baker hey. gets more. I think Baker gets more out of this win than Soraya does. I think Baker gets nothing from losing for losing to Soraya, but I think Baker gets a whole hell of a lot getting the win. And you can do a return match, and Soraya gets the win there. I think you can make a real statement here though by giving Britt Baker this win. And I feel like you could go either way here, right? Because you want, you can give Soraya her moment, right? You can, she can, you know, do something that gets her the win in an unfair, you know, way. So they could go about it that way, or they could go about it with Brit winning and being like, well, you know what? Brit's been active, you know, X amount of years now. And Soraya has been off the shelf for five years. So it really just kind of depends. I could see this one going either way. Uh, my gut right now, it's telling me that they're going to give it to Soraya based on i'm assuming she's going to turn heel and that's going to be the thing that gives her mm. the advantage in winning this match so i'm going to go with soraya on this one yeah i could certainly see i hadn't really considered that as an option but you're right like if soraya gets the pin and hooks the tights or something or holds onto the ropes and that's the win you have that big shock moment of like whoa like uh, yeah she got a win but what a tainted win that it was like that's how you wanted to have your return match and then like that could be a fabulous promo segment with her and renee because her and renee are like great friends and stuff and you know renee would put on a fantastic performance asking questions surrounding yeah that. i could see that happening as a finish to be honest 
All right. Well, we'll see because it looks like we're torn on this one. It could either be Brit <laughs> or it could be Soraya. Let's see what the people here are saying. But we do got a super chat here from uh, Hunter Tillman who says, hey, everyone, extremely excited for AEW Full Gear. My question is, how do we think this match is going to go? Obviously, Brit can't use the stomp. Uh, any thoughts on that portion of it? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the bigger, I mean, she could do the stomp. She's taking bumps. Like you could do, you can do the stomp and I think be okay with that. Um, Edge has taken the stomp, hasn't he? Um, like recall. in his feud with Seth Rollins, I can't remember. Like, but maybe he didn't. I think um, he did, didn't he? Yeah, I feel okay. like he must have. But he might. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, you could always just build it around the lockjaw, and rather than do the stomp like that, your break. Baker's got other things that she can do. She's got some more things in her repertoire. Right, exactly. Thank you so much to Hunter Tillman for sending yeah, this in. It's much appreciated. Thank you so much. Um, as we continue on, guys, once again, if you want to get your question, comment, or statement, or question, or whatever it is, uh, feel free to send in a super chat. But let's move on to the AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament Finals. Uh, Ethan Page versus TBD. Uh, who do you think is your, the TBD? And who do you think is winning the entire thing? Uh, I think Ricky Starks is the TBD. I think he's going through to the finals, but... I've got a feeling because spoilers for later on, I think MJF is winning the, the main events. I think Paige feels like the right first guy because it's a firm guy. And, you know, MJF, his first title defense being against the faction that he brought into the company. It just sort of makes sense that it's Ethan Page, I guess. Problem is, it's, it's the choice that I don't think anyone really wants. And I actually think there's a lot of people that want. I've seen more love for Ricky Starks winning yes. the entire thing than Ethan Page. Well, that, that, and that's my, kind of my point is that I think I would much rather see Ricky Stark get the win. I think it's so much better to give it to Ricky. I think it'd be so much better to give it to Eddie. I think it would have been so much better to give it to Bandido. And that's the, my problem. I love Ethan Page. I think Ethan Page is great. But his, his him with the firm has really diminished him somewhat. Like he came out to absolute crickets on Dynamite to the point where he cut a promo saying like, why isn't anyone reacting to me? <laughs> I'm like, I don't think that's, a, I don't think you should be highlighting that you're getting no reactions. <laughs> And I uh, hate to say it, but it, I agree with you. I kind of want to see, I wanted Bandito to win this, or I wanted Ricky Starks to win this, because I feel like Ricky Starks has been the guy that's like, almost there, you know, like he rises and he rises and then something brings him back down and he rises again. And I just feel like there's more, a little bit more interest to me in Ricky Starks. But at the same time, like if Ethan Page loses this, this is the most high profile thing he's done on AEW. Uh, yeah, I suppose apart from like he was in that like the, the big match with um, uh, Inner Circle, right? He was with that with yeah, uh, but Dan you're Lambert. in there with like a bunch of other guys though. You're oh, not yeah. like, the main oh, focus. That's, yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right on that one. Yeah, this is a, this is his biggest singles match certainly. Like I think in AEW, and I'm really pleased for him because I think Ethan's great. Uh, I just think that the booking of him has not been great i don't think it has benefited him in any way and the firm really hasn't benefited him at all i'd love to see ricky win this i really really would but if they are going to do ricky wrestling twice on the show i think that's a way to kind of give him the out of ethan page getting the win Right, exactly. And I have to agree with you. I'm going to go with you on Ricky Starks being the TBD. Uh, Ethan Page to get the win because I just feel like, uh, again, it just feels like they're going that direction with the story. And on top of that, I'm like, bro, you had to beat Bandito who just signed with AEW. Like, There's got to be something coming out of that win. So I feel like now it has to be Ethan Page. And even though preferably I would want Ricky Starks just because I'm a little bit of a bigger fan of Ricky Starks than Ethan Page. Uh, I would want Ricky Starks, but I just feel for the story and for the sake of Ethan Page, I think it needs 
needs to be Ethan Page here. I think it has to be Ethan Page, particularly with the MJF stuff. Like it, it, it almost makes sense. You're right. It should have been Bandito though. Like it, like this final should have been Bandito versus Ricky Starks. Should thank have you. Been. Thank you. And I'm like, been. he just signed with the company. He had that freaking great match with Chris Jericho. Oh, like yeah. this would have been freaking awesome. But I think they're just not ready to pull the plug there yet. Cause you know, he just got there. That's it. Yeah. Cause like that match, the crowd popped for one move and it was Bandito doing that hurricane runner off the avalanche egos edge. Yes. Like this because this crowd were more into Bandito than they were Ethan Page. And right. that sucks to say, but it should have been Bandito. Or really, it should have been Eddie Kingston. No, see, I didn't think, I thought Eddie, I thought it was Eddie. I thought Eddie Kingston was going to make it pretty far in it just because of the way AEW books him. But he didn't need it, though. I think the other guys needed it more than Eddie Kingston. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I just want to see Eddie do more. Like, I, I, I feel like Eddie has been taken off the boil so much in, in AEW since the, the Jericho feud that it's, it's kind of bummed me out because I want to see better for Eddie. Right. We got the TBS championship here. Jade Cargill versus Nyla Rose. Um, I feel like this is a, I do not see Nyla Rose defeating Jade Cargill here. Like no. I, they cannot ruin this uh, winning streak that Jade Cargill has been on with Nyla Rose defeating here. So instantly my pick Jade Cargill. Me too. I think I've now found the person that's going to beat Jade Cargill. And I think they can tell a really good story with this. And I think it's going to be Willow Nightingale. I think, I think that's gonna... the pick. Yeah, right. Like I think Revolution 2023, Willow Nightingale is the person that beats Jade Cargill. Plus, like, like I, yeah, you just keep her undefeated until then. Completely agree. Completely agree. All right, next one up, we got the TNT Championship: Wardlow, Samoa Joe, and Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, I first off want to start asking you, how do you feel about, um, you know, Hobbs' new look? He's been looking pretty great. Uh, how did you feel about seeing War Joe team up for those couple of weeks? Thoughts on this? Uh, Warjo was problem with Warjo is that they were feuding with the embassy and like the embassy felt like such a like a low end group that or, that never won so it was just like it's like it no these... interest I'm sorry no exactly no, interest. no like Prince Nana's great and like Gates of Agony are cool and Brian Cage is is whatever but it's like nah there no one's buying you as a serious threat to Samoa Joe and Warjo um so I was really pleased to see Samoa Joe turn heel last week. Uh, I thought that was very needed for, for Joe. And it's now made me like, it's in a two week build. This might be one of my most anticipated matches. I love powerhouse Hobbs. I think Wardlow is another guy that's been taken off the boil somewhat. And I think this could probably heat him back up again. However, my pick is Joe. I think you've just turned him heel, give him the title. And he is then the T he's the ROH TV champion and he's the TNT champion, which is, you know, effectively the TV championship for the men's division. That'd be an amazing little they can't do that to Joe. Wardlow though. No, I feel like they've kind of done Wardlow a little dirty since the whole MJF thing. Like his, his massively dirty. Right. Okay. I didn't want to be like so, you know, dramatic, but they've done him oh, a no. little dirty for sure. One hundred percent so much of the momentum that he had i mean people are still going to cheer him no matter what because he's just you know a likable guy you can't boo a guy like wardlow right he's always no. going to have that but he literally went from like being like part of like the biggest buzziest newsworthy story that we had around double or nothing remember that pop when he ruined uh freaking that match for mjf like everything that went down at that uh 
it's like we just went from like holy shit like this is wardlow's moment blah 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 to oh wardlow's you know finally tnt champion which took forever because scorpio sky got injured i really wish they would have done something or figured something out there but it took forever for him to get the gold on him um and then after that it was just kind of like we were seeing the same copy and paste matches to the point where it was like okay well what else do we got like what i already know what to expect now from wardlow every week so including samoa joe in this and samoa joe finally doing that turn on uh wardlow i think is the best thing that's happened to wardlow so far as champion um so i don't think that they should have him lose the title i think he needs to win this match um for the sake of wardlow you could actually have wardlow retain here and then do the singles match at final battle with both belts on the line and you know it's almost like almost like a title unification if you want to go down that route uh, but they probably don't want it because they need to keep some of those ROH stars for the tv show um i yeah i mean i agree with you this is the best thing that's happened for wardlow in ages because it's cool watching him powerbomb tony niece but like it doesn't really mean a whole great right. deal right um uh so yeah i i think this is going to be a great match though and i'm glad so i'm too. pleased I'm pleased to see Powerhouse Hobbs get a really big shot as well. Uh, on the TNT title thing, Wardlow should have just won it right away. Like, you remember he liked that match with Scorpio Sky and then Scorpio won? I was like, why don't you just give him the belt then? Just put the belt on him straight then. That would have been the better thing to do. Exactly. And I do, I'm very happy for how Powerhouse Hobbs being in this match. I think he looks great. I think this is going to be a great match. This is also in my top five of matches that I'm most looking forward to. Um, so who was your final pick again? Uh, Samoa Joe for me. Samoa Joe. Okay. All right. Well, I'm getting with Wardlow. So here we go. Uh, we got a super chat here from Jamon John who says, if MJF wins, how will AEW book him as champion? Because he needs to go shoot the movie Iron Claw right after full gear. I feel like there's ways to work on that because I don't know. I mean, I don't know how, like, how much time that's going to take to shoot Iron Claw. I don't know the Whoa. details on that. Also, he's not the lead. Right. Like, he's just in the movie. So, like, that might just be a couple of days. Like, it might just be a couple of days shoot. It depends on how big the role is in the movie. Like, it's not like he's secondary lead or anything like that. So I think it may just be maybe one week of television he's not there for. And that's fine because, you know, Moxley's missed weeks of TV as champion. So I, I don't think the movie is going to affect that in any way, personally. Right. I agree. Thank you so much to Jamin and John for sending this super chat in. Um, very much appreciated. Once again, guys, if you want to send in your hot take, your opinion, uh, whatever it is, feel free to send in a super chat because it does help out support the show. Um, all right. So next up, we got the ROH World Championship. Chris Jericho defending against Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, and Sammy Guevara. And what a match they had last night on Dynamite. That was a freaking banger. Uh Luke, do you think that we are going to be seeing a new Ring of Honor champion or do you feel Jericho's retaining? I think Jericho's retaining here and I think him tapping out on Dynamite almost solidified the fact that he's going to retain here. The question the question more is, is who is he going to pin? Or, and like, I feel like it could be Sammy. Like, I think dude. it'd be a better story if he pinned Sammy because it's that's, like, that's oh, it, damn, right? you pinned yeah. your buddy? Like, that's bro. it, yeah. But I think this match is going to hump hard because it's Jericho, Danielson, Claudio, and Sammy. Like, I don't think the four of them are capable of having a bad match. So I think this is going to be real, real good. But yeah, for me, for sure, it's Jericho retaining. Uh, I agree too. I think it's Jericho retaining too. I would like to see him pin Sammy just for there to be a little added tension there. Um, the other thing that I want to ask you is when Chris Jericho won the Ring of Honor World Championship, what was your reaction to that? Because that was like a pretty like complicated period where there were some people that were like, what the 
fridge. And there was other people that were like, all right, this was unexpected, but cool, I'm on board. Where were you on that? So, I mean, and I, this is going to sound uh, more braggy than I mean it to, but when Jericho said on commentary on Rampage, do you know I've never won the ROH championship? I turned to my wife and I said, he's for sure going to win the belt soon. <laughs> like, like, the second he said on commentary, I've never won that belt. I was like, yeah, he's going to win that belt in the next few weeks. Uh, and so when he beat Claudio, I was like, oh, well, there you go. Uh, and it also felt like, man, Tony really wants to get a TV deal for, for Ring of Honor. So making Jericho the champion, which is what he did with the AEW world title. I was like, if I have Jericho as my champion, I can probably get a TV deal easier. <laughs> it makes it Jericho's more marketable to have on, as your champion than Claudio is when you're trying to, uh, you know, woo TV networks. I love the way you say Claudio. Cla- I'm trying to say it like you now. Claudio. Claudio. Claudio, rather than Claudio. Claudio. This sounds nicer. This always happens, Luke. This always happens on our show. You say something and I'm like, ooh, that sounds nice. Claudio. Claudio. I did like the way that Claudio would say, uh, see, it doesn't sound as nice when I say Claudio. Just sounds so generic. <laughs> Claudio. I like the way that he said uh, Ian Rickbani's name. He was like, Rickbani. <laughs> <laughs> He's great. And I love the fact we're getting lots of Ian Riccoboni on TV. Um, and I, I, this is the thing that's really popped me with this Jericho stuff. More Ian Riccoboni. And he beat up Jerry Lynn. I was like, yeah, Jerry Lynn made it to TV. I was really <laughs> pleased with that. I really thought they might do, because I wasn't sure what ROH championship match they would do at the pay-per-view. And I was trying to think of like what former, because his whole deal was facing former champions. I thought they might have done Jericho Daniels. And like giving Christopher Daniels, uh, you know, some flowers, and I thought that would have been a really good match as well, like a bit of a dream match, Jericho and Daniels. I thought that'd been really cool. But this four way is probably going to be better. I feel you on this one. This one's also on my top five. <laughs> All yeah. right, uh, and if you want to see my full top five, it's on Twitter. Uh, next up, we got <laughs> the match that was just announced yesterday, but there was already reports that this match was going to be happening. Uh, clearly, the teasers and everything pointed to the elite being at full gear. At this point, they were basically telling us without telling us. Um, really quickly, I did. Um, we get another super chat from Hunter Tillman who says, um, "Who do we think will dethrone Chris Jericho?" Um, I think once they get a TV deal for Ring of Honor, I think it should be Brian Danielson. I really thought it was, I mean, yeah, Danielson's a good shot. I thought it was going to be Garcia. I thought that would be the main event of Final Battle is Jericho Garcia. World title, pure title, title unification. And that was the, you know, they were telling that story of Garcia going away from JAS, but then he just rejoined the group. And now I don't really know what they're going to do with Garcia. So that was my pick, but I don't know if that's the case anymore. Uh, Danielson's a great shout though like Danielson's a really good shout Alrighty, we got a super chat here from Taylor Cannon who says that's going to be a good match Jericho wins I think he pinned Sammy agreed uh, Taylor also adds I'm curious to see if they actually fight or it'll be them versus Brian and Claudio and when they are out of the ring Sammy lays down uh, I don't know if he will lay down uh, it could be one of those things where maybe like Cla- Claudio or Brian Danielson does something to Sammy and Jericho comes in and it's like get out you know basically steals the victory from one of those guys and ends up pinning Sammy because he was down and out you know at the hands yeah. of Brian Danielson or Claudio I think that would be a good way to tell it because he'd be like yo I was just taking advantage you were already going to be pinned so uh, I took it from you I think they'll do they'll do the spot where Sammy lays down for Jericho uh, but it'll be like broken up by the other two Uh, I actually think you could do a really good story beat of Jericho pinning Sammy off like the you know a bat hit or something like that and that's the thing that spurs Garcia to question his his decision to rejoin JAS and try and re-pick up some of that story Perhaps. But yeah, I, I don't know. But I, I think that it's going to be, I, I think Jericho pins Sammy. 
All righty. So we're all in agreement there. Uh, okay. AW World Trios Championship Death Triangle versus the Elite. Now, Luke, you and I have not discussed the Elite CM Punk drama uh, or any of that together. So I'm going to start off by asking you, uh, how did you feel once you started seeing the Elite teasers, the disappearance videos, and just the way that they presented all of that and how it all led to them doing this reveal that the way that they did it last night? Oh, I'm so glad you asked me that question because I thought you were going to ask me about Brawl Out and I was like, I don't want to talk about Brawl Out. Oh, no. We talked about it so much. I was not going to do that to you. I'm burned out talking so, about it. It made me so sad. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but... Did it make me that sad? <laughs> But uh, I, I'm quite on board with the Elite teasers. I, th I think they've been a lot of fun. Uh, if only because, like, I'm so curious as to what these new characters are. This whole idea of what is AEW without the Elite and the Elite being erased from history. And does that bring them back as different guys? Do they just come out just regularly as the Elite with Don Callis and Michael Nakazawa and Brandon Cutler? Is it like the group that looks the same? Or is it going to be a different presentations group because they've not been on TV. And I think that's on purpose that they've not been on TV in this, in this build. So I'm, I'm very, very curious to see what that is. I feel bad for death triangle though, because like they weren't the plan. The elite They're was the so plan. Good. I know, and I know, and that's the frustrating thing, right? Is that it's pack in the Lucha bros. They should have got this, the, the belts here and then got a real big, not a big run with belt, but at least something like they, you know, they just had a handful of like trios matches and retained the belts, but they've just been keeping them warm until the elite come back. And I feel bad for them. Not to say that they're going to have a bad match because this match is going to be great. Um, it's Kenny Omega and Pack have had some of the best matches in AEW history, and the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros have had some of the best matches in AEW history. Like this should be a real good match. I think this is going to be match of the night. Easily, so and if it's not, be. I would be shocked. Oh yeah, if they go out there and have a turgid match, I would be stunned. I'd pass um, out of disappointment. <laughs> I think this is going to be awesome, but I think the elite win here. I'm, for me, the curiosity is, who are the elite now? That's that's the thing. Are they that's bitter? Kind of... Are they jaded? Yeah, exactly. They gotta, they gotta have to. Yeah, gotta have a chip on their shoulder. Although, like this, this goes back to Tony Khan never actually on television, never giving people a reason as to why they were stripped. So you know they can come in there and come up with something different they i feel like they have to elude they have to throw i don't want to say sh uh, shots i don't know if that's the right way to go about it but they have to make some sort of tie-in to the events that unfolded with cm punk 100 percent. i feel like they have to like i think you can turn the fact that tony khan never addressed the situation into part of the storyline um also, by the way, I totally get why Tony Khan never ad addressed it on television. They were in a legal process. Don't add to anything that could legally bite you on the ass. Um, I, yeah, I think you could turn it into a storyline. Now the investigation's over. I think now you can start to address these sorts of things. And I think that'd be like, imagine the elite coming in to kill the company they created. Like, I think there's something that's really interesting in that. And then being the bad guys and going up against the Blackpool Combat Club, who are like the bastions of, of the AEW locker room, the, the guys who had to step up because they were the ones that like, you know, ruined it for everyone. I think there's some really interesting stuff here. So I'm, that's the thing I'm most curious about is what is the presentation of the elite now post Brawl Out? 
Right, exactly. I completely agree with you on that, too. I mean, we're definitely knowing that it's going to be the elite to actually get this victory. Oh, I mean, yeah. you can't have them come back and lose. But I do agree with you on Death Triangle. They were they're a freaking great team. Uh, you know, this clearly wasn't the spot that they were supposed to be in uh, for the trios championship. But at least now, you know, they did get a good period as champions. But and I do feel bad, too, for them because, you know, they could have had a longer uh, period of time having more kick ass matches and all of that good stuff. But um, this this the these championships belong to the elite. So I'm excited to see what jabs we might get, what they're, how much they're going to allude to the bra, what they're going to say. Um, I'm really fingers crossed, hoping that they do a media scrum. I, with the elites taking part in it, Ooh, I don't know. Yeah. I Cause they, know. well, Tony said they're doing scrums, right? They're going to yes, do they a media scrum, it. but yeah, whether the, oh man, if the bucks and Omega are part of the scrum, which they might do if they're champions. Yeah. Spicy. And then based, and then I, I can't reveal this information, obviously, but based on where they're doing the media scrum, it kind of has me a little bit wondering, like, hmm, like, okay, like, where are they going with this? Like, why is the media scrum being held here? You know, like, it's a little bit interesting. So I don't know what that's going to look like. And I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to go in there and be straight with us or if they're going to like kayfabe ups. Because obviously, uh, MJF going out there, he's going to be, you know, an MJF mode. And that's if he wins the, you know, the AW World Championship, right? He's got to be, be going out there. And MJF's never done one of these either. So it's like all of these people will kind of be like first and for at least for recent times. Because I think the Young Bucks and Kenny might have done some in the past, but I wasn't there for those. So those might have been very early on. Um, but either way, this will be uh, hot stuff regardless. All right. Uh, I next think step. so, yeah. Well, sorry, one, one oh, last sorry. thing uh, on, on that, because you kept saying the word brawl, um, but it sounds like call you... it brawl? Well, no, no, you do call it a brawl, but the way your accent just makes it sound like you're saying bra. Bra, bra. <laughs> no, it's brawl and then bra. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, but I, I don't mean like I mean like brazier, bra. Like that is what you oh, sound like. Oh, brazier. Okay, yeah, and when like you said bra, I thought you were saying bra. No, 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 no. Like the way you were saying bra just made you sound like bras. Okay, we're <laughs> we're speaking two types of different English here, man, which we normally do. All right, there we go. We're back to the original Danuk here. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and continue on from this. Uh, let's get into the AEW World Tag Team Championship match, the Acclaim and Swerve in our glory. Is there a chance that the Acclaim loses the titles here? Yes. I think there's every chance that they do. I wonder, like... Uh, do you know what? I'm, I, might, I might turn my back on this, actually, because I was like, you could do the Keith Lee turn here, and he turns heel, and him and Swerve, like, officially aligned themselves as a real bad group, and then, like, them going up against FTR for the titles, I think it'd be a really cool story to go with, but I've talked about turns a lot on this show. I've talked about it with uh, the... Um, uh, Saray and Britt Baker and you know Wardlow's sorry just about Joe's just turned heel I think there's going to be a turn in the main event so like I feel like you can't do too many of them so maybe this is where the acclaims retain uh but and you know Keith Lee finally has enough of Swerve and like leaves him high and dry but there's every part of me that thinks you know Keith Lee and Swerve as the actual nasty bastard heel I think there's some I think there's some good mileage in that particularly going up against FTR but man the acclaimed are so over that maybe you do want to keep the belts on them I don't think they should take the belts off of the acclaimed uh I think they should definitely retain here tonight uh I think we're going to get some some you know maybe non-coexisting with Keith Lee and uh I think so yeah Swerve but we, I gotta read this comment here this is from Snapchat <laughs> the bra bra brawl 
<laughs> that's that's a good tongue twister. The bra bra bra. Like try saying that five times really fast. The bra bra bra. The bra bra bra. The bra bra. You see, it's you just you just say you say bra every time. So it's easy. No, look, bra 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 bra. See, bra, you bra, just bra. announced the bra a little bit more. Yeah, I got the L's in brawl. The, I, I do too. Bra, bra, brawl. <laughs> okay, you did that time. Now you put more brawl. emphasis on it. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is like when you say sting, right? Like if you say it really fast, it'll be like stink. Right? Oh, yeah, it's totally. Like I mean, so you, you gotta be like, like sting. You sounded like Claudia <laughs> saying Ian Riccoboni. You remember that time in TNA when AJ Styles said stink, you're wrong? <laughs> <laughs> That's why it always stuck. The sting, sting, sting. Okay. Uh, Tom Talks Rubbish sends in a super chat. Thank you so much. Saying my favorite wrestling podcast duo. More of this, please. Big love, D-A-D. By the way, last night I had a really weird nightmare. I had a dream that I had a baby and my baby just kept barfing on me. I don't know why. I dreamt this. But what's worse is that the barf landed in my mouth. (laughs) And then I was just like this, no. I don't know why I dreamt this. Like, why did I dream this last night? Has this happened to you as a DAD? Has your uh, baby I... barfed in your mouth? Kid has not thrown up on me. Kid's thrown up on the wife. Uh, and it's thrown up on my mother-in-law, but not me. I've managed to avoid that. Man. Uh, oh, man. And I've also avoided, like, uh, the, the diarrhea. I've also avoided, like, real big poos. I've avoided her. But I wasn't there when she pooed in the bath. I've missed out on all the big gross stuff. Good. That's been, good. I've just been there for the cute stuff. That always happens, though, okay? Like, the dads, they don't got to deal with all the nasty. Well, some dads, they don't got to deal with all the nasty stuff. (laughs) So I don't know why I dreamt that. It was, like, so weird. Too much cheese. Yeah. All right. Let's see what we got here. Uh, This is from My Name Is Not Rosa's Bruh, Bruh, Bruh. (laughs) Bruh, 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 Ray Dudley. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's very good. <laughs> All right. Uh, here we go. Interim AEW World Championship, Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. Do they pull the plug and have Jamie Hayter pick up the victory? Yes, they do. I think like, I think Tony is getting booed in this match. I think Hayter is getting massively cheered. I think now is the time to pull. That's the one thing they haven't done with an interim championship is have it change hands. And I think this is the time to do that. Set a new precedent. Jamie Hayter wins the belt. I know that they want to do Storm and Thunder Rosa, you know, Thunderstorm collide and, and to unify the belts, but haters sue over at the moment. And I don't think Tony Storm is getting the reactions that she could be getting. So I think you put the belt on Hater here. Uh, I, I, feel, I feel bad for Tony Storm. It's not her fault, but Hater has gotten over and I think she should win here. Yeah. Does it mean less to you when it's the interim title? Um, I mean, it didn't when like when Moxley had it. Like Moxley made it feel like women. it was the world title. I, even for the women, like I, I sometimes forget the Thunder Rosa is the actual champion. I think they've done a really good enough with Tony Storm being on TV every week and having matches almost every week. I think she has she they've really done a good job of establishing her as the women's champion. And I love Thunder Rosa. I've I've got a lot of mad respect for Thunder Rosa, but I really feel like Tony Storm feels like the champion right now. And I, so I think Hater winning the belt here would be great. And I would, I'd be really excited to see Hater versus Rosa when she gets back. It just bums me out that if there is like another title change, it's going to be the interim title. Like that does bum me out a little bit, you know, like I wish we didn't have this interim stuff. 
I, I don't mind the interim thing, um, if only because, like, you know, I, I suppose they didn't know how long Thunder Rose... Like, it felt like if Thunder Rose was going to be out this long, you probably should have taken the belts off of her. Um, but you've also set the precedent that you're not taking belts off of people. So they didn't take it off Punk. They didn't take it off... Um, was it Cody when he got injured? Or Scorpio, you know, things like that. They didn't take it off these people when they got injured. So I... Whoever it was in the TNT title picture. So I, I think... That it was Scorpio, yeah. So I think they made the right move here in doing the interim championship but as i think they've not done a title change in that the interim world so i think this this is the time to do it um i feel like i could see it going either way but i've been saying this for a long time and you just said it again right now i don't think tony storm is getting the reactions that they might have thought or might have hoped for and jamie hater is I say go with Jamie Hayter. You don't want another, you don't want another Chris Statlander, Ruby Soho moment. You don't want another swerve, uh, you know, swerve in our glory, uh, acclaimed moment that happened at All Out. No, so you might as well go and ride the wave. And I think Jamie Hayter uh, is probably the best pick here to go with. Um, wow. All right. And plus it also adds a little bit of like, oh shit, like, you know, yeah, it's the interim title, but you can expect title changes even with the interim title, especially because from the sounds of it, Thunder Rose is going to be out until January. I think she said in an oh, interview wow. that she's hoping for a return in January. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Hunter Tillman sends in a super chat saying, if Hater wins the title, how do we think Brit is going to honestly really feel about it? Well, clearly they got to uh, continue that, pick up that storyline again, because we got a little tease of that at All Out. We got a little couple of teases the following weeks after. But uh, since then, it's kind of been uh, chill. Yeah, I think so. And I, that's, again, for me, like Baker beating Soraya. I think you can do a you can do a match of Baker and Hater over the interim championship, and then if Baker wins that, and then it's her and Thunder Rosa to unify the belts and like rekindle that feud. There's some really interesting stuff you can do with it, and yeah, I think that's maybe Hater winning is where we can finally pay off this Hater Baker storyline and maybe officially do the split between the two of them. Right, exactly. I think that they can do that, especially once, you know, Soraya, I mean, Britt Baker finishes the whole thing with Soraya and all of that. So I do see that being the direction that they go in. So uh, thank you so much to Hunter Tillman for sending this in. Uh, We have one more match to talk about here today. Uh, But before we do, guys, just a heads up, if you are new to this channel, please make sure you click that subscribe button. Come join. Uh, This channel has been growing so much more faster now. I just uh, surpassed 77,000 subscribers. Uh, I'm well on my way now heading i feel like i'm officially on the road to 100k uh, so please if you are new here make sure to click that subscribe button i have tons and tons of content um all right here we go the aw world championship match john moxley versus mj F. Uh, we got a super chat here from Richard Martinez who says, I can't believe we used to get this duo weekly. We used to be spoiled. Do you see MJF going full babyface as champ and ditch the bid for 2024? So in terms of predictions for this match, uh, where do you think we're going to fall on MJF babyface? Now, where, where are we at? I said a few weeks back on the uh, AEW review podcast that we do, Regal turns on Moxley and aligns with MJF, and that's how MJF wins. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was making you believe he didn't exist. And MJF has been tricking us into thinking he's the babyface, but William Regal is going to look at that boy and be like, he is the world's, I'm going to make him the greatest villain possible. He's not the devil, he is a villain, and I'm going to make him a great villain. And Regal and MJF, I think it'd be an amazing partnership, particularly if it's like MJF ditches the diamond ring and uses the brass knucks. They've done too brass. much. 
brass <laughs> some brass nuts i think they've done too much around mjf and regal for regal to not play into this finish i think regal is the is the bastard here and he turns on moxley and mjf wins but what would that look like though what would regal with mjf look like where, what, just, is this, what role does he's he play a, in here? He's a mentor. He's not a manager. He's just a mentor to him to make him the greatest villain that this generation has ever had. He, Regal loves being a bad guy. He's always said he prefers being a bad guy. He loves being a villain. And he's not a villain at the moment. So he gets to be a villain this way. And I think he would have a great time doing it. And MJF can still just do all the promos. It's not Regal kind of the promos for him. MJF can just remain doing the promos. And then you can run the storyline of the bidding war of 2024. And Regal being like, I know the people. <laughs> I, exactly, the agent. I know people there. I've got contacts in that place. I can get you through the door. I can get you tryouts. I can get you the conversations. And you can do a lot of great stuff with that. I think Regal... That is, it's been my call for the last three, four weeks. Regal turns, and it's Regal and MJF at the end of the night. What happens to the Blackpool Combat Club? Well, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Because the whole point they call Blackpool is because that's where Regal's from. I don't know whether they just like, but they haven't felt like a group for a while. Like, I don't know whether they just dissipate. I think there's some fun stuff you can do around with MJF and Danielson and Claudio. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I don't know what it means for the group, but. I yeah, I just think there's a lot of mileage. I mean, I might be way off base. I don't know what you think, but I, I I'm might torn be way on this. I was base. debating about this last night too because everybody was bringing up Regal turns on uh, Moxley. Regal turns on Moxley, and it does make sense because you know MJF has been trying to go about things the right way, the fair way. You know, he came out and and helped out John Moxley here, but the reason he did it was because he said he didn't want John Moxley's fans to use that as an excuse for him not retaining on Saturday. Uh, so I do like. I feel like I wasn't fully convinced about Regal turning until you said it right now. I feel the picture that you painted for me was very nice. You just painted me a Picasso. I'll take it, Luke. <laughs> so oh, now I well. feel like you sold me on that opinion. <laughs> I'm sold. So now I feel like I have to agree with that. I mean, I was already going with MJF winning regardless. I feel like you've got to do it. Like, if you don't do it, what the hell are you thinking, Tony? Where are we going with this? MJF has to win here tonight. And But I was debating on the Regal turn. We do have a super chat here from LJ Mickey who says, finally, a Team Danuk reunion. I felt that Regal turning on Mox and MJF winning is the only logical result. Also, is Luke going to watch the FIFA World Cup? Thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, um, it is. I, I think you're kind of right, LJ. I think it might be the not the, the only logical result. It's the one that makes the most sense to me. Um, but, you know, we don't know the way that Tony thinks. Also, I, I think that Tony's big storyline for next year is that bidding war. And I think that MJF needs to be a heel for that storyline to work. Uh, am I going to watch the World Cup? Um, I mean, they're on Isn't a dog. Well, all the, the, the world teams. No, but we're You're... not like at the official, like the end. Oh, it's just starting, like the it's, tournament. It's, it's, yeah, I think it starts tomorrow or next week or oh, something. Oh, okay, like, okay, think, okay. So like the official tomorrow. tournament is starting tomorrow. Yeah, I think oh, good. that's the one time of the year where I'm a soccer fan. Hey, we're in the same group as well. England and the US are in the same group. Oh, I ain't rooting for the US. Who are you went for with then? I'm rooting for Mexico. You kidding me? Who's in Mexico? And they like they're like, yeah, I gotta root for them because my grandpa always roots for them. So I'm like, I feel like I gotta be on your side, grandpa. You know? <laughs> Don't you root for like and plus I'm not a soccer fan, so yeah. Okay, so you're in you're in uh, group C uh with Poland, Argentina, and Saudi Arabia. 
I'm a fake soccer fan. I just come in <laughs> during FIFA to represent, oh, and that's dude, it. Honestly, like I don't follow club football, but I follow international football, and I really enjoy it. Like it's it's difficult because it's Qatar, and like it's done through a really naff, dodgy deal. Like, oh, they doesn't... had the whole drama, right? Like they recently oh, had. So, the... like, I saw. Oh the drama my god, it was absolutely nonsense, and like the, the, it was done through real back backdoor dodgy deals to get this to get this through like this is a full-on scam that Qatar have got this and I that kind of puts me on the back foot but it's FIFA FIFA corrupt anyway um I didn't know like, this I'm out of the loop <laughs> and then I think I mean it was years ago when they announced that it was going to be in Qatar and I I think you know their attitude to uh LGBTQ players and things like that I don't don't love and it's kind of soured me a little bit in the World Cup but hey, maybe I'll maybe I'll tune into a couple of games. Maybe we can stay in the conversation. But um, there's part of me that does want to boycott it. So yeah, I'm gonna be tuning in too. Just I mean, I'm not gonna tune in. I'll probably just be keeping up on social media. I don't got time to watch <laughs> soccer. All right. I'm just gonna be those fake fans. All right. So y'all know already. Y'all know I'd be a fake fan on FIFA. All right. <laughs> watch. I'm gonna get all into these crazy fights. Be like, you didn't even watch the game. Calm down. All right. Uh, LJ Mickey, thank you so much for setting in the super chat. And I feel like for the most part, uh, uh, we are in agreement. You sold me on Regal turning on uh, William. Regal. So if he doesn't, I'm going to blame you, Luke, because <laughs> I wasn't thinking it was going to happen originally, but you painted me a really nice image. Honestly, here. Denise, you're not the first person that said that. I've had people say that to me in the office today because I've been banging this Regal turning drum for so long. Everyone's been like, if it doesn't happen now, I'm going to blame you. And I'm like, no, it's not my fault. It is your fault. We're going to blame you, okay? This is going to be misdirected hate on you. <laughs> um, Luke, I want to thank you so much for coming here and doing uh, this show with me. Like, seriously, I'm so happy that we were able to uh, to essentially just get together again. I know everybody here is very happy about that. Uh, so before we go, uh, any last thoughts, anything you want to promote and all of that? Uh, yeah, you can check us out on the WrestleTalk channel. We do daily wrestling news videos. Uh, we also have a podcast channel where we review Raw, SmackDown, AEW. Uh, Pay-per-views will be doing live stream reactions for Full Gear this coming Saturday. I am challenging Tempest for the Jam That Championship, and then we'll have a full review of the show the following day. Um, yeah, so you can check me out there. My Twitter handle is there. This is Luke Owen. Uh, Denise is way more popular on social media uh, and on YouTube. Because you made so fun of me and you bullied me, remember? <laughs> I did not bully you. You bullied me. You were like, oh, look at you, you peasant with your 10,000 followers. Hey, it worked, didn't it? Look out, look at you. Not a peasant no more. No, you got like 120,000. No, I'm working my way to 100K. Oh, okay. Well, it feels like you're way popular on (laughs) The struggle's real. Hey, Denise, like the last time we spoke, I was on 31,000. I'm on 32 now. So it's, I, you know, I'm I'm catching up eventually. Let's go. Uh, So yeah, go follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm sometimes there. All righty. Well, guys, you guys know where to find me at underscore Denise Salcedo on Twix. I was going to say Twitter and TikTok, and I just went with TwitTalk. Uh, (laughs) All right. Twitter. Please go follow me there. That is where I promote all of these shows and pretty much everything. I'm going to be posting all of this stuff from Full Gear this weekend. So if you want somebody that is there giving you information on what's going on on Full Gear Weekend, uh, I'm the go-to person for that because I will be there. I will be at the scrum, etc. I will tweet about concessions, you name it. Um, so that's happening on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok, of course, YouTube here. Please make sure that you guys are subscribed. But until next time, this is Luke Owen. I'm Denise. We'll see you guys later. Bye, everyone. Bye.